بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى says وإن تعد نعمة الله لا تحصوها if you try to enumerate, count, <clears throat> and encompass the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you'd be unable to do so. Based on this, Ibn Ata'illah says, and this is his wisdom or hikmah number 97. He says, Ni'matani ma kharaja mawjoodun anhuma. Ni'matani ma kharaja mawjoodun anhuma. Wala buddha li kulli mukawwanim minhuma. Ni'matul ijad. What this means is that <clears throat> there are two graces, essentially graces of Allah. There are two graces from which no being can be separated. Every being, everybody Allah has created has to have these things. That's essentially what makes us up. So there are two graces from which no being can be separated and that are inevitable for every creature. One, the grace of existence, and number two, the grace of sustenance. The grace of existence and the grace of sustenance. Sounds like a very simple idea, and the human being doesn't really think too much about... Human beings don't seem to be really thinking about themselves too much in the right way. Of course we think of ourselves, we think of filling our stomach, we fulfilling our desires getting a position for ourselves, love for ourselves, leading to things like narcissism and so on. There's no doubt about that. But in terms of where we came from, our helplessness, our vulnerability, on a normal, on a normal day, of course, when a person is terrified, seems to be under threat, we go through those kind of stages in time sometimes, weaknesses, then we do think a bit about ourselves and we, need, we think to get some help. But just to think about where we came from, and all the graces that went into making us who we are, that makes us who we are. So firstly, from being nothing to coming into some form of existence. But we didn't just come out and appear in this world. There were many, many very, very complicated and elaborate stages for which an entire system, an elaborate system has been created to allow us to come and see the daylight. So very few people think about that. And it's actually when you think about those things that your iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases. It's about thinking about those things that your thanks to Allah and gratitude to Allah becomes more and increased. And the benefit of that is that the more we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the less will be taken by the various different trials of the world. The antidote to staying away from problems in this world and fitna in this world, especially when the talk is about the Dajjal and so on and the Messiah and so on and so forth. Uh, one of the antidotes to that, one of the ways to protect ourselves from that, as the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned in the hadith as well, that no, every mu'min will be able to see through these things. A person with true faith. And one of the things is to increase your understanding for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one of those wisdoms that actually explain to us, give us an understanding of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, what He does for us. When you forget where you got everything from, then you think you've done it yourself. 
a lot of the time somebody may have given you seed capital for your money, for your wealth. They may have helped you out to move to a certain country, to move in a certain area. They may be the one who found you a certain location, who got you introduced to a certain type of business or a certain job, who maybe even got you the job, who may have even hired you. In fact, if you go beyond that, sometimes people even forget their parents and how much they've done for them and other people and what they've done to them. Because it's easy to do that once you've set up and once you've become confident, self-reliant, then we tend to forget. It's only the shakirin, it's only those with gratitude that keep remembering those that assisted them even in the beginning. And that's what you call true servitude. And a person who can't even remember other people who've benefited them and who can't make dua for them and who can't appreciate them, how are they going to appreciate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they can't even see it coming from Him? Because Allah does generally everything from behind a veil. He brings us in this world, but He brings us through our parents. So essentially, if you thank your parents for that, it means you, you are thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You would ex be expected to thank Allah because you're basically going and following the causal train as such. That, okay, these were my initial cause, but then who caused them and so on and so forth. But if somebody just forgets the whole cause and they think they are the cause and their cause stops at them, that I caused everything, nobody helped me with anything, then that means that it's going to really stop our gratitude. That's why he says, look, there are two bounties, two graces, from which no being, no, nothing in existence can be separated. Everybody's, every being have these two graces, whether they're believing, non-believing, solid, and inanimate, or whatever the case is. And it is necessary for every being that's coming to being to have them. And one is uh, the first, which is the grace of existence. And number two is the grace of sustenance. So if you look at the first one, which is the grace of existence, that essentially means uh, to bring somebody out of nothingness, absence, a void, unexistence, into this abode of witnessing, into this abode of being able to see something and witness something, into this world of creation. From, if you want to take it from the, soul, uh, the world of the souls, the universe of the souls, when Allah created everybody's souls, to now this world of forms. That's another way to look at it. Or from just merely being within the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that one day you and I are going to exist. Allah knew all of these things from before to finally existing for ourselves. Because when we were just in the knowledge of Allah and not really existent in the world, we, weren't, we, weren't, we were only in the knowledge of Allah. But now we're in the knowledge of Allah and we're actually in the outside world. So that's pretty much existence, coming into being. Then, ni'matul imdad, which he says, which is the grace of sustenance. Imdad comes from the word madad. And madad means to supply, to furnish, to provide, to facilitate. So that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking care of every aspect of where we came from. Now, you and I were supposed to exist and have this meeting today. To sit here today and discuss this. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did, not for us obviously, but He created this entire world, right? For every little instance that's going to happen, He's created the entire world and this whole system of Adam alayhi salam, Hawa alayhi salam, their children and progeny and continuing the world until we come to this day and until we carry on. All of this, would, we would not have been here if all of that had not been here.
When you start thinking of it like that more comprehensively, you start seeing how big, how big of an idea this is. So these two, uh, these two graces coming into existence and then providing for everybody until they have to depart this world, these are universal graces. Everybody gets them. Muslim, non-Muslim, animate, non-animate objects, everybody gets these two graces. However, it's only the human being then that has a very specific type of facility, which is Allah combines in them between two opposites, which is basically light and darkness, fluctuating between light and darkness, softness and harshness, gentleness and harshness. So we have benefited from the, the grace, the bounty of being given a body and not just remaining a spirit or just remaining an idea and a plan. So we have a form and a body. We have, mashallah, a spirit. Now, if you look at, th this is where we need to understand this. Why are humans different to every other creation? Because the two graces that I mentioned earlier, they're everybody's. Everybody gets them. So what do we get that is more than anybody else? So Allah creates an animal in a particular way. They don't increase in their knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have a certain amount of knowledge that has been given to them. And that's what they remain. They do their tasbih in their own way. And that's what they remain. There's no spiritual ascension for them apparently. At least according to some spiritual scholars. Whereas for the human being, what's different about us is that Allah did not create us in one state. And then we would have just been flat, passive in that state. Whatever recognition we had of Allah, that's it. it would not, no, no more than that. Right? Now you might think, if he gave us a very high one and then we left us there, then that would have been okay. Because that's the question that came to my mind. But you have to remember, Allah is infinite. So any one state is too less. You, can always, you should be able to increase beyond that because Allah is infinite. Right? If Allah had just given us one state of recognition of Him and love for Him, it was a very high state. Right? We may be relatively speaking to our time and our state right now, but at the end of the day, that would be too little. Allah wanted more for us. So, he said, uh, you, you, you would be deficient. Because it's the human being that has this amazing ability to get to know Allah more and more and more. Allah has given them that ability to increase, to upgrade like that. That's as much effort you make, that's how much you can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understand Him. So, there's a kind of a that the more recognition we need of Allah or want of Allah, the closer we want, we need to bring more subtlety in ourselves, more gentleness in ourselves, more love in ourselves, and remove the roughness and the darkness. So every time you remove that, then you get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you ascend in witnessing more of Him. And that is why we have light and darkness within us. Light of knowledge, light of iman. So as much darkness that we remove by shunning love for the world, the more we remove our desires, that, that's all darkness basically. This is actually, according to some scholars, this is actually even different to jinn. They don't even have this much subtlety, and Allah knows best, but this is what some of the scholars say. 
Angels for sure, they've been created on a high level of ma'rifah, but they are passive in that state. Most of the angels. That's why human beings have the ability to ascend beyond angels. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, with regards to the angels, وَمَا مِنَّا إِلَّا لَهُ مَقَامٌ مَعْلُومٌ They have a known position. There is a, a standard position that the angels have. It's the human being that can ascend beyond. So, it's, uh, the, the uh, example that Ibn Ajiba gives for the human being and for the angel is that the human being is like, apparently there's a black ruby which is supposed to be the best of rubies, probably the darkest ruby. And it's one of the most amazing and rare ones. Every time you polish it, it actually becomes much more impressive. And it shines much more. Its luster increases and enhances. As opposed to that, you've got a glass. You polish it once, it's polished, and that's it. it you keep polishing glass more and more, it can't polish beyond that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the human being like this amazing, uh, this amazing gem that it actually continues to increase in its light. Whereas a glass, a normal glass doesn't. And that's angels. Allah has created them nice, up to a standard, but they can't increase beyond that. So if a human being had remained uh, the same way, either in non-existence, <clears throat> or after coming to existence the same way that we'd been all the time, there'd be no fluctuation, there'd probably be no, I don't know what kind of enjoyment there would be either. Allahu Akbar. That's why also in the hereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the angels, You'll see the angels, they're gathering around the, the arsh. For, for, the, for, the, for the believers, they've actually given, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has given us paradise to ascend and go higher as well. Now of course, we're talking about those people who can ascend beyond angels are the very special human beings. Not every human being can go beyond the angels because the angels have a very high maqam. So it's a certain type of human being that can go above and ascend. And people have a choice to do that. Some people are given it by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like the prophets and so on. Of course, the prophets are going to be superior to the highest level of angels. There's a higher level of angels and there's the normal level of angels. Higher level of angels like Jibreel alayhi salam, Mikail alayhi salam, Israfil alayhi salam. So the prophets are even higher than them, are higher than these angels. But these close angels that I just mentioned, they're, they are, they're obviously higher than those who are just lower than prophets, those who know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's a whole hierarchy like that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you every person here right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you existence in this world and then after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you the love and the compassion so that your goodness can become open and clear your goodness can become evident the grace uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us of sustenance of continuing to benefit us there are two types of that so we've understood that he one is the grace of bringing us into being and number two is to keep providing us now how does he provide us and that's in broadly speaking two ways 
Number one is the physical, tangible way that you can feel and see. And that is basically all our body and flesh and everything that surrounds us that we can feel, we can see, we can eat, we can smell. All of that until we die, that's all the external form. That's all the physical form, the tangible form that we can feel. There's another way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us. Aside from giving us the body and your garments and your clothing and your food. How else will Allah help us? And that is in the more substantive way, the more internal way. And that is the spirit and the conviction and the knowledge that Allah gives you. The knowledge that Allah gives you, the iman that Allah gives you, the open, that what He opens up to make your iman increase. All of that is in, as in... Now, that is not the same with everybody, as you can see. This same one, this type of, uh, this type of grace, is given to different categories of people in different ways, three different ways. All right? Now, let us understand that for ourselves. Number one, one of the ways is where it doesn't increase or decrease. This iman, conviction, uh, knowledge of Allah... There's one where it does not increase or decrease. And that is what we mentioned earlier for the angels. Allah has given them a certain amount and that's where they stay. That's why Allah says, وَمَا مِنَّا إِلَّا لَهُ مَقَامٌ مَعْلُومٌ Then there's the one which doesn't... that increases and decreases. Which is the normal human beings. We can increase it, we can decrease it depending on how much effort we put into it. And there is the one which that increases and doesn't decrease, which is the, the special people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has singled out, which is the prophets, the messengers, and the great awliya. Once they've reached a certain, a certain stage, they generally don't decrease from there. They just continue to increase because they've been kind of put on a train. They've made their way, they're on the train, and inshallah they should just continue. May Allah allow, allow us to get to that level as well. So it's basically anybody who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken a special care of, which is the awliya. That's what the word means as well, that he's special, specially taken care of them. And basically says that a lot of people who link to these people will get the benefit of that as well. The barakah and the blessing of being in that company and of making the same kind of effort. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give it to them as well. So let us understand now that why and how should you recognize Allah and how, what has Allah done for you? Let's open that up for a moment. Because again, it's something that we don't really think about. Sometimes you read it in science and then after that you just forget about it. But when you read it in science, you read it as a scientific fact. We don't read it as a reflective idea. And if people did science in a reflective way with some spirituality infused in it, they could probably get very far. So for example... Part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wonderful grace upon us. Now listen to this carefully. Part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wonderful grace upon us and very subtle, very well thought out, very, very elaborate and complicated is that He tells us about Him so that you could recognize Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first made us a drop of fluid. That obviously was created through a whole system, a drop of fluid. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had placed into the loins of our forefathers. 
Allah kept us preserved because Allah knew everyone that was to come. So from the time of Adam salam, Allah has preserved us. Every one of them has been identified. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has continued to provide us and sustain us through all of those stages. All the way from our forefathers all the way down until our mother. Finally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had us being poured into our mothers. And again there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks after us in that entire journey of that clot of blood, that semen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has looked after it and made the womb a suitable location for that so that it can sustain it. That is basically where you are going to grow. You're going to be implanted there and that is where eventually you are going to grow. That's where your life will be finally given to you. Who ever thought about the womb like that? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had that clot of blood of yours before it was implanted connect with the egg. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings it together in this wonder, wonderful way so that you can basically be born from that. And that is essentially what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about why people get married, why people come together for the sake of procreation. Then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turned you from this little clot of blood, this little clot of fluid, so you become suddenly a morsel of flesh. And that becomes now prepared for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has planned for you. It's completely conducive. It's made of material that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shape into this wonderful human being. But that's how you start off. Now this becomes a larger piece of flesh. Now what Allah does is that He takes this rough, crude piece of flesh as it seems to be in the beginning and He starts to form from it this wonderful limbs that we have in this perfectly balanced design. So you start your, ne- your, your fingers, your, your head, feet, legs, etc. start appearing. And then after that you get to a certain stage and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He sees that you're ready to accept the spirit, He pumps into you the spirit, He blows into you the spirit. Then after that with the fluids of the body that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set the whole system up to so wonderfully carry, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts providing this child, starts providing this embryo, so that you can be sustained in there without having to search for it, without having to look for it, is a perfectly automatic, automated system. Basically, it leaves you in there until you can actually move your, your limbs for yourself and fend for yourself to a certain degree. And your limbs and your body parts become strong enough. Finally, when they become strong enough, you now can come out. And it's time for you to appear in this world. Now he wants to show you in this world all of his other graces. Because the little womb is very limited in terms of what he can give you at that time. He's got much more in store for you. You don't want to stay in the womb for the rest of your life. There's a lot more to do in the world. So then finally when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings you out into this world, he knows obviously that you can't eat rough foods, you can't chew, you can't do all of these things, you have no teeth yet. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided for your mother to be able to feed you to nurse you, 
Allah created milk in your mother so that she can basically feed you up to two years or so. Now, beyond that, you could have milk. You could have all of these things. But what is it that makes the woman suffer like that and stay up at nights and wake up at odd hours and go through these sleepless moments for them to do that? What is it that makes the father go out and earn a living so that they can come and provide for the family to bring up these children? So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided an environment, a feeling, an emotion within the mother and the father to be able to do that. Some people, unfortunately, a few, a minority, do lose that feeling because of other substance abuse or some other weird ideas or other addictions or whatever the case is, and hence they neglect their children. Somebody else then takes care of them, in many cases. But if that wasn't there in the mother, how could she bear all of this pain? Why would she do this for anything else? But Allah wants. In fact, so many people, they haven't had kids yet, and when they see another kid, they, their emotions just explode. They want children. And this is what Allah has naturally put into this system. Otherwise, children would be neglected. But Allah is not going to create children in a neglected fashion. He's going to create the environment completely surrounding it. So that's why they say that every time there's no milk, but the mother, her emotion erupts, then that's it, the milk begins to be produced. It's an amazing system. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept the parents occupied with trying to bring you up, assisting in doing that, trying to provide for you the home, the food, the nurturing and everything else. After all of this, He just wants one thing from us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings you into existence. How many times have we thought about these stages? As I said, we do it as a science project, but after that we never think about this journey that we've gone through. And after all of this, all Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us now responsible for after doing all of this is essentially just that you recognize Him as your Lord, the one who gave you all of this. The one who set this whole system up. Nobody can deny that. Because even the, those who deny God, the atheists, they cannot explain how this whole system came into being. That's where they get stuck. They can explain how babies are made and they can explain how humans come into being and all of the rest of it. But at the end, this must have started somewhere. As I said that for you and me to come together today, this whole system was set up. Right? You might think I'm insignificant. But you are significant because Allah wanted you to be here today. And because He wanted you to be here today or in this world at this time, He set this whole system up for you. So you're not insignificant. And all Allah wants is that just at least recognize me for what I've done for you. That's all I want. That's all I need from you. You are absolutely helpless. And you're ultimately completely dependent upon Him. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it necessary for your parents to look after you until you get old enough that you can earn for yourself and you can live by yourself. So he made it necessary to have compassion upon the children for every parent. And then also another thing that Allah did is that because when you were too young, it was when you were too young, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said that I'm going to keep you inerrant and infallible until you reach an age where we can consider you to be responsible. So he made you ma'soom. 
He made you like, if you died at this moment, you would not be punished. You're not punishable, you're not accountable, you're not responsible yet. Until your mind is fully formed. And you can understand things for yourself. And that is obviously when you become baligh. Then after that, you become responsible. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still continues to benefit you in various different ways. And it's actually at this time when you actually think about it. If you think that one is you earn money. One is you work hard for something and you get it. Aren't there so many times when you haven't done anything for something and you still get something? Right? Where does that come from? This you can say, okay, I worked hard for it. And you don't want to say, okay, how did you work hard? Who told you to work hard? Who gave you the strength to work hard? If you don't want to even think that back, just think about those things that you've received without thinking, without working for it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still gives you things and gives you graces until you reach your old age. Shaykhukha, until you each seniority. Then eventually he will bring you back to him. You'll be buried, you'll be resurrected, you'll be gathered in front of him. You'll then stand in front of him. Then inshallah he will protect you. If you've been thankful, then he will protect you from all of the punishment that awaits there. And he will then enter you into the place, the real abode. Because just like the womb was too small for what Allah had planned for us, this world is also too small for the rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give us. And that's why he's created this paradise on the seventh heaven, which is a huge place. And the least person of paradise, the last person out of hellfire, right? the biggest sinner in the world who ever lived among all the nations, not just this ummah, but all the nations, he's going to get a paradise which is ten times the size of this world. So there's a huge amount of space up there that Allah has created. So Allah will enter you into the abode of his reward. Then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, that because you've been thankful, because you've had a longing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you had in this world and you recognized him, you connected yourself to him, finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal the veil and you will be given the blessing of the beatific vision. And then after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put you into positions of his awliya and his loved ones. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Qamr, إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ فِي جَنَّاتٍ وَنَهَرٍ فِي مَقْعَدِ صِدِقٍ عِنْدَ مَلِيكٍ مُقْتَدِرٍ That the righteous ones are going to be in the gardens and the lakes, the springs, the rivers. عِنْدَ مَلِيكٍ مُقْتَدِرٍ So, how many of these bounties, which one are you going to focus on? I'm going to do shukr for this one today. I'm going to do shukr for this one today. And you can spend your whole life and think, okay, today I'm going to do shukr for the gestation period. Today I'm going to do shukr for when the fluids came together. Today I'm going to do shukr for that sustenance he provided me on that day in the womb. You can't even break it up like that. You'd, you'd need more than a life to be able to think of all of these bounties and to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. وَمَا بِكُمْ مِن نِعْمَةٍ فَمِنَ اللَّهِ Because you have to remember as Allah says in Surah An-Nahl, any bounty that you have, any grace that you've been given, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every grace that you've been given is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Human beings, our job is to just realize that we can never come out of the grace of Allah. We can never be independent and not need the grace of Allah that, hey, you just don't need it anymore. Now you can go by yourself. We are constantly under the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's just we don't think about it. 
the this you know we talked about the other bounty that Allah gives us that's not just the physical body and so on is the ni'mah of iman and so on it's the ni'matul ihsan ni'matul islam so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides us a support for that and the more a person increases in their iman and their yaqeen their conviction conviction is very important in iman because iman is iman you believe in a certain amount the more you believe the more intensely you believe in those things the greater your confidence, your certainty, incre- uh, because of the increase in your certainty, the more you can do. And the more you fortify yourself against challenges and against weaknesses. And that, inshallah, Allah, we hope that Allah will provide us that until the day of judgment. So there are two graces from which no being can be separated and that are inevitable for every cr- creature, the grace of existence and the grace of sustenance. Not, then he, Ibn Ata'illah says, أَنْأَمَ عَلَيْكَ أَوَّلًا بِالْإِجَادِ وَثَانِيًا بِتَوَالِ الْإِمْدَادِ He bestowed his grace upon you first through giving you being and second through uninterrupted sustenance. Now let me just, to sum it up, let me just read to you uh, Shaykh Abdullah Gangohi's commentary on this. The grace of Allah Most High limitlessly descend on every creature. However, there are two graces, two bounties that are common to everything. And the first is the act of creation. Everything was non-existence prior to its existence. By the generosity of Allah Most High, the gift of existence was bestowed. He thus created the object and eliminated the non-existence. Secondly, after coming into existence by way of creation, everything is wholly dependent on the aid of Allah Most High for its endurance, sustenance and continued life in this world. For this need, it is dependent on Allah Most High in every moment of its existence. Should Allah Most High withhold His aid, everything will again return to the state of non-existence. You'll just perish. You'll wither, die away and expire. He has created different ways and means for the existence of different objects. For example, for animals and humans, He has created water, food, etc. In the second aphorism we read, the Shaykh now addresses man in particular. In fact, the address is directed to the believer whose attention is drawn to his earlier state of pure non-existence. Like think from where you were non-existence, non-existent until you became what you are right now. From which Allah Most High conferred on him, on him the grace of being existent. The believer should thus understand that he is wholly dependent on Allah Most High for his existence. Dependent is therefore man's natural and inherent attribute which he should never forget. Secondly, his every breath and moment with every breath and moment, Allah Most High ensures that man receives his favor, necessary for his physical and spiritual existence. Food, garments, variety of preparations have, have been and are being continuously created for a man's physical existence and survival. For man's physical existence, Allah Most High constantly sends his aid in an uninterrupted flow. And without the spiritual aid of Allah, the believer will go astray. So now he's talking about the spiritual aspect as well. Thus, it has been observed that when Allah Most High terminates His aid from certain people, they fall headlong into deviation and dalal. You'll continue to get your physical food, you might even get an increase of it. But if Allah withholds His spiritual aid, doesn't make you feel like you need to pray, and so on, then it's in big trouble. Since it is not possible for one to be independent from the Lord for even a second, why do we then feign independence? Why do we act independently? Why this self-esteem, this wrong, this, this 
over the top self-esteem. Why this claim of excellence? How can these claims be correct? You should become a slave keeping in mind one's origin and refrain from making boastful claims. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. We ask Allah to allow us to focus on ourselves and give us that ma'rifah because that ultimately is what ma'rifah is. Uh, Allah strengthen our faith. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarati adal jalali wal ikram. Allahumma ya hayu ya qiyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma ya hannanu ya mannan la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna minal zalimeen. يا أرحم الراحمين يا معدن الجود والكرم يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المعطين We ask you for your forgiveness We ask you for complete forgiveness for all of our wrongdoings our transgressions our mistakes our shortcomings O oh Allah those sins we remember especially those that we've forgotten O oh Allah those that are now part of our life and we no longer consider them sins anymore O oh Allah we ask that you help us Eradicate them, O oh Allah, that you grant us true understanding and insights. O oh Allah, remove those sins that have. O oh Allah, remove the burden of those sins which have taken the blessing out of our homes and our lives. O oh Allah, that have brought miseries in our homes, our lives, in our communities and societies. O oh Allah, remove those sins and forgive those sins which have brought darknesses. O oh Allah, which have taken away the light. O oh Allah, that have turned brother against brother, sister against sister. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the blessing, O oh Allah, that you grant us from your generosity. O oh Allah, you have graced us in many ways. O oh Allah, we are thankful to you for our existence. We are above all thankful for all the abundance you have given us. O oh Allah, you have given us more than so many others in this world. O oh Allah, you continue to provide us despite our transgressions. Despite our problems, despite our mistakes and our weaknesses, despite our blasphemy sometimes, O oh Allah, forgive us, purify us. O oh Allah, you have given, you continue to give us so much and O oh Allah, we ask that all the great gifts that you have given us, you make us of those who are thankful to you. O oh Allah, above all, you have granted us the gift of Iman and Yaqeen. O oh Allah, we sit here today for your remembrance. O oh Allah, accept it from us. Grant us sincerity. Grant us a complete reward even though we have shortcomings, we have problems. O oh Allah, but ultimately we are your servants and we have nobody else to ask. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us an understanding of our existence and everything that you have given us. Make us aware of these things. O oh Allah, bless and forgive our other family members and our friends and those who we ask those that have that we have a, that have a right upon us oh allah we pray for them that you grant them their permissible needs oh allah that you grant us travel to the haramain oh allah that you grant us travel to makkah mukarramah madina munawwara and that you accept any small deeds that we do and you give us a tawfiq to do much more that you grant us the company of the righteous in the hereafter, you make us from the righteous. O oh Allah, make us from the righteous. O oh Allah, grant us your love and make our surroundings conducive for the practice of your love and the practice of your devotion. O oh Allah, we have many challenges, we have many distractions, we have many things around us that take us away from your worship and from being sincerely focused on you. O oh Allah, grant us sincerity. O oh Allah, grant us blessing in everything that you have given us and do not make it a source of burden and a source of punishment 
O oh Allah, protect us and our children and our progenies until the Day of Judgment. O oh Allah, grant us from our spouses and our progeny those that will be a source of gladness for our sight, both in this world and in the hereafter. O oh Allah, accept from us whatever little we can do. Accept us all for the service of your deen. O oh Allah, bless our mashaykh before us and bless our parents and bless all those who have a right upon us and those who have told us, told us to make dua for them. O oh Allah, accept, O oh Allah, accept from us and accept our various different projects that we do and allow us to be a force for goodness. We ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salamun al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi